Blog Talk Radio. Okay, let's take a great song book. Let's turn to 196. 196. Follow on. Let's stand together and sing. Wait, 
Dallas to have a heart built, check out to get put in the thing. They look at his leg and they said, you got infection in that leg, mm. and we will not operate on you until you get that infection completely gone. And they thought it was gone from his leg all pulled up again when it got down there and all. And they said, we put you on the operating table today, you'll be dead. Mm. We'll guess you're Goodness. So they said, we will not touch you. Yeah. Well, pray, let's pray for him. They get that infection under control where he can get his surgery. So, grandnephew, um, David Jr., um, he'll be in the hospital for a hundred, no, a month, and then we will take up to a hundred days for him to either um, reject the bone marrow mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we need to keep praying for him. And Diane McGuire,
And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I say my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary, as far removed as darkness is from dawn, in the sea of God's forgetfulness that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. What a song, amen. Look on the opposite page, 215, right across from there. Breathe on me tonight. Let's sing that. Holy Spirit of God, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me until my heart is clean. Let sunshine fill its inmost part with not a cloud between. Breathe on me, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Take thou my heart, cleanse every part. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. My stubborn will subdue. Teach me in words of living flame what Christ would have me do. Breathe on me, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Take now my heart, cleanse every Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Fill me with power divine. Kindle a flame of love and zeal within this heart of Breathe on me, breathe on me, Holy Spirit, breathe on me, take thou my heart, cleanse every part, Holy Spirit, breathe on me, Holy Breathe on me till I am all thine own, until my will is lost in thine, to live for thee alone. Breathe on me, breathe on me, Holy Spirit. Take thou my heart, cleanse every part, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. I tell you what, let's just skip 44. We, we're going to run out of time tonight. Let's just turn over to number 331. 331. We sang three tonight. Like I said, I got more message and we got time for songs tonight. So 
331, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up, Jesus, the trumpet call obey. For to the mighty conflict in this his glorious day, he that our men now serve him against a numbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength uphold. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. He dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor and watching unto prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Amen. Praise God. That happens on that moment, sister. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes the book will close. Sometimes you break a string, doc, drop your pick. It, it just happens. That's right. Amen. We in church tonight, praise God. That's right. We in church tonight, praise God, and we're going to meet with the Lord. Amen. You used to have a saying over there in Paris years ago. Every time we'd come together, I'm not trying to get start saying it over here, but it's simple as this. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to meet with the Lord. That's what my mama did. <laughs> Amen. You know, a lot of people go to church for a lot of different reasons, but I don't know why you came, but I came to meet with the Lord. Amen. So that's what I want to do tonight. Psalm 140. Take your Bible, turn there with me. Psalm 140, 13 verses of Scripture, and we'll cover. We'll, we'll go down through them, but we're going to go back and we're going to we're going to hit verse three especially tonight. But uh, let's let's read here tonight. Psalm 140. Verses 1 through 13, let's read. David said, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Salah. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. The proud have hit a snare for me in cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins for me. Shalom. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, Further not his wicked desire, lest they exalt themselves, Selah. 
As for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank him for the reading of his word tonight. Father, I just praise you, Lord, for, for your precious word. Lord, I thank you, Father, for Lord, it speaks to my heart and encourages me. Lord, it lifts me up out of my... Or what would be depression, Father, when I know you're in charge and I realize that you're in control and, and Lord, that, that nothing, no no weapon formed against me can prosper as long as I'm in your hand. Lord, as long as, as Lord, I'm in the center of, uh, of your will for my life, Father, I know that, that nothing can get to me that you don't allow to get to me, Father. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you help us to recognize this awful, awful enemy that's come against your people in America. Lord God, I pray tonight as we look into the scriptures and we expose, Lord, the very problem of our hour. Lord, the Bible is so timeless. It's always exactly right to the point and exactly right to the heart of the matter. And Father, tonight's no exception. Pray tonight you give me power to preach. I want to use the word of God to help and lift up and instruct, Lord, not only those in our midst, but Lord, those who are tuning in and watching us tonight on Facebook Live. Father God, I just pray that you'll give me power and boldness to speak the truth. Lord God, help me now, and Lord, help them open their understanding, open their eyes, and, and give them the truth, Father, as only you can. I pray, Holy Ghost, you work. Use me, Lord. I'm just your vessel. Please fill me and use me for, for Christ's honor and glory. Forgive my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. I've got a message tonight called Don't Drink the Poison. Do not drink the poison. The poison that I'm referring to, which we see here in verse 3, he says, They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Now, that's our text verse for tonight. But I'm just going to tell you right now something you already know, that we live in a politically correct culture today. When I was growing up, nobody had ever heard of that term. Matter of fact, I didn't hear of it until the 90s. I began to hear a talk of being politically correct, and then it became a joke. You know, you're being, you're being politically, you shouldn't be that, you're incorrect, politically incorrect. But it's gone from being a joke to them taking it very serious. Uh, you know, some people in, in entertainment industry and in business have, have kind of resisted this crowd. The, the politically correct crowd, and they have met up with the cancel culture crowd, who've absolutely just taken away their 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 ability to earn a living, and and they're after people who speak out. And uh, I want you to I want you to think about just how far this crowd that wants to cancel people's lives really will go. I mean, they they will stop at nothing to destroy somebody. They're the same people who are promoting euthanasia of the elderly, the same crowd that promotes abortion. The same ones are the politically correct crowd. They're the same ones that promote the rioting and the burning of cities that was going on 
back back couple well last couple of years. I mean, they, they're the ones who who promote that. They're the ones who would come get me or you if it wasn't for the Second Amendment. That's the only thing that's keeping that crowd from coming and trying to do what they could against the rest of us is because of the Second Amendment and because of all the guns and ammunition that there are in the homes of people in this country. That's the reason why Japan wouldn't go any further than Pearl Harbor. When asked, uh, their commander, he said, we wouldn't invade because there would be a rifle behind every blade of grass. That's literally what he said. He was afraid. They were afraid to come on into the continental United States. But that's what's keeping the left, this politically correct crowd, from trying to just absolutely run over us roughshod. So... I want you to understand that, that, but that's what they want to do. So, before I get into this any further, let's look at the, the definition of political correctness. Okay, I'll give you my definition, then I'll give you the dictionary's definition. My definition is it's a description of pretty much the opposite of the thoughts and feelings of every freedom-loving Christian. That's political correctness. But the dictionary defines it as this. Politically correct is conforming to a belief that language and practices which could offend political sensibilities, as in matters of sex or race, should be eliminated. Now, let me read that to you again so you hear that again clearly. This is out of Merriam and Webster's dictionary. It is conforming to a belief that language and practices which could offend political sensibilities should be eliminated. It's a matter of the First Amendment that's kind of that runs up against, you know. But they have no issue worrying about the First Amendment. They're after that one too, as well as the Second. I mean, most of us know this ideology is wicked. We do. We know that political being political correct, all that, that's wicked, but but we have a generation growing up around us that has never seen a sensible society. Do you realize that? These kids that are growing up now, they've never grown up in a sensible world where people used their brain and, 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 and didn't, I mean, had intellectual debates and discussions and disagreements without screaming at one another. Uh, they've never known that world. So you understand, they don't have that as a, as a uh, as a basis uh, uh, to go off of, we have that, but this generation doesn't have that. So the danger is Satan's going to steal this generation away. I want you to understand when I say politically incorrect. Let me give you some things that are politically incorrect, just so I kind of set the tone of what we're talking about tonight. And I know you know these things, but I'm not just saying it for you. I'm saying it for the benefit of everybody's listening in tonight too. Because most of them, they ain't heard a preacher say these things because most preachers are scared to say these things out loud from the pulpit. I know it's nothing we should be scared of, but the truth is most of them don't want to offend anybody and, and offend some church member sitting in the back row. So I'm just going to say it, Matt, because I know none of y'all are going to get offended. And if they do, well, God help you. It is politically incorrect to say that there are only two genders. It is politically incorrect to say I'm sorry, to not accept same-sex marriage. It is politically incorrect to not accept cross-dressing transvestites reading to four-year-olds in public libraries. It is politically incorrect to stand up for the rights of the unborn. It's politically incorrect to believe that all lives matter. 
it's politically incorrect to be a patriotic, flag-waving American. It's politically incorrect to believe in the rule of law, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. It's politically incorrect to support your local law enforcement. It's politically incorrect to think it's not only dumb but dangerous to defund the police. It's politically incorrect to denounce mob rule, lawlessness, and anarchy in the streets. It's politically incorrect to object when they tell you that you don't need guns, yet they want to dismantle your police department. It's politically incorrect to support criminals going to prison. It's politically incorrect to reject the idea that the government has the right to indoctrinate our children. It's politically incorrect to believe the people who can earn a living and have the ability to earn a living should not live off taxpayers who do earn a living. It's politically incorrect to want safe and secure borders. It's politically incorrect to deny global warming. It's politically incorrect to question the health experts that keep getting things horribly wrong concerning coronavirus. It's politically incorrect to think for yourself, to point out hypocrisy, to reject the group think, or to say what you think and mean. All those things are politically incorrect in the world that we live in. And, I mean, I'm just trying to shed a little more light on Webster's definition there so that we get a bigger picture. But it's not just these things. A couple other things that are politically incorrect. It's politically incorrect to believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. It's politically incorrect to believe in a literal heaven and a literal hell. It's politically incorrect to believe in a literal God and a literal devil. Politically incorrect to believe that God's word is the final authority for all matters of faith and practice. Politically incorrect to believe that the church is authorized to witness and to win the unsaved to Christ. Politically incorrect to send missionaries to foreign countries to try and convert them from their pagan cultures and idolatry to Christianity. And so on and so forth and some such, etc., etc., etc. So anyway, tonight, I, that's all just set up. But I, David, David makes four, four references the key elements of these people that he's describing in this psalm, and I'm going I'm I'm to give you these four tonight. Uh, number one, I want us to notice their wickedness. I want us to notice their wickedness. Look at verse one and two, first of all. He says, to the, e, uh, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man. Listen, which imagine mischiefs in their heart, evil men who imagine mischief in their heart, continually they're gathered together for war. Now look at verse 4. He says, keep me, O, o Lord, from the hands of the wicked. They want to get their hands on me. He said, preserve me from the violent man who purposed to overthrow my goings. Verse 8, grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. They desire to do horrible things to you and me. Further not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves, Salah. And look at verse 11. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. As believers, we need to realize that, you know, we're not, 
everybody ain't going to think just alike on every detail, and that's to be expected. I mean, God didn't cut us out with a cookie cutter. We're all different, and we're going to have disagreements on things. And, and, you know, you can have a disagreement with another person without somebody winding up being wicked, right? Amen? I mean, I mean we, so we don't all see everything just the exact same way. But the problem is when your ideas, your agenda, and your ideology are described in the Bible as evil and wicked and abominable to God and ungodly, that's the problem. And, and there's so many people out there, and that's their ideology. It's straight out of the pit of hell. You know, we can disagree about all kinds of things. We can say, well, I don't like to eat that kind of food, and, and I don't like to drive that. I wouldn't drive a Ford if you paid me, and you know, and this, this and such. And, and I, I can't stand the, the sinking 49ers or this, that, and other. I mean, we can disagree on all kinds of silly things, you know, about whether I like cold weather or hot weather. All kinds of things we disagree on and go on and be good friends and, and love one another in the Lord, but... But when your opinion is in violation of God's holy word, that's a whole different matter. These men are evil. They're wicked and ungodly. And they promote sin with their life. That's their purpose in life, is to promote wickedness. They are Satan's henchmen. They are doing his bidding, and they are trying to bring this world under his dominion completely. I said, number one, we'll notice, we notice... Uh, Notice their wickedness. Number two, notice their warring. They like war. Verses one and two again. David said, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. He said, Preserve me from the violent man. Not only are they evil, they're violent. And they, they love violence. He said, They imagine a mischief in their heart continually, he said, are they gathered together for war. I mean, these people have not had a foothold in our country for, forever. Just in the last 50 years, these people have really gotten, as far as I can see, and I know during FDR, all that time, period of time, you know, they were they were tearing up everything in this country with the new programs they were bringing in, which was supposed to fix our country. But America wasn't near as wicked as it has grown. In the last 50 years, America is really swirling in the toilet bowl. But, you know, all these ideologies, they started out as just suggestions and thoughts and ideas. But now they're trying to force these things. These people are not passive. They're aggressive. And they won't, I mean, you, you've seen these them women in their little pink hats and screaming and carrying on and, 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 and women with, I had an abortion and I loved it, shirts on, screaming to murder babies and, and these people walking half naked down the street with their rainbow parades the pride parades and all that. Listen, they're not they're not passive. They're aggressive. They won't. They, you're gonna you're gonna accept them and you're gonna love it. And that's their that's their way of thinking. They're not just promoting their ideology. They're pushing for an outright invasion in our society. They're not just trying to outnumber us. They're trying to overthrow us. That's what they want to do. David said in verse four, "Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked." Keep me, Father. Preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. They have a purpose, and it is to absolutely 
destroy our lives and get rid of us Christians who hold them back from being able to commit their horrible fornications, homosexuality, bestiality, uh, pedophilia, all the horrible things that they have in their hearts to do in this old world, and we stand in the way. David was living in a time where it was wickedness surrounding him everywhere, and he's praying, God, keep me from these violent men who want to overthrow my life and overthrow my trying to serve you, Father. See, their agenda is to rule over us. That's what they want to do. In verse 8 of our scripture, he says, Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, further not his wicked device. Listen, lest they exhaust themselves. God, please stop them. Why? Because if they get their desires, he said they're going to exalt themselves. They're going to, they're going to think they're kings over us. That sounds kind of familiar. It does to me. kind of sound, reminds me of Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 through 14, which says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How did thou, are thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. He said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. What I tell you, Sunday, he just wants to be a copycat. He, did, he doesn't do anything original. He just wants to take everything God has. That's the way he is. And that's the way these men who are following after him do. We see these men playing God with people's lives every day. They preach tolerance to people. They say, oh, just accept us. Just accept us, you know. But, but really and truly, they, they, they're the most intolerant people of all. If you don't go along, I mean, you know, they, they preach inclusiveness. You know, we all just want to get along. But if you don't agree with them, they want to kill you. So how are they inclusive? That's the way these people are. They don't have a thought of good and righteousness in them. Notice their, number three. I said notice their wickedness. Notice their war. Number three, notice their words. Verse three, our text verse. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Selah. And down in verse nine. He says, as for the head of those that compass me about, that got me surrounded, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Notice their words, he said. Their tongues like a serpent. He said, the mischief of their own lips cover them. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. They further their agenda of lies with their lips, debating and arguing. I can't turn on the news shows. I don't turn on the news shows. I don't know if y'all ever watch the news shows. I can't. I can't sit and listen to people talking over each other and, and arguing and hollering at each other and, and trying to trying to uh, draw one another into a, into a heated argument. I just can't watch that garbage. I can't sit and listen to that. It unnerves me. But they, they do that. It's just it's confusion. Used to be, I, I mean, when I, and I, not that I care anything for politics because I, I couldn't give a flip nickel for politics anymore, just to be quite honest with you. But I remember growing up and face the nation, be on on Sunday morning and stuff, 
you know, my stepdad be watching something like that. And, I, and I, I mean, it's a whole lot different than it is you turn on a political show today. It sounds like it sounds like you tuned into WWF or WWE wrestling or something nowadays. Used to be people could have a decent political discussion, and they used decorum intact, but no more, no more, no. Now, now they use now all they do is just use profanity and vulgarity when they get challenged. I mean, you, you think about all those mobs and rioters that were in the streets. You know, I mean, all they know how to do is scream profanities and curse and throw things at police and. And, and, and you, 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 you try to get them, to, you try to, get them to, to reason with you, and all they want to do is just call you horrible names and scream at you. Not that I've been out there reasoning with them, but I've seen enough of it on TV and on video to, to know what's going on. And, and, and all they know how to do is just curse and take God's name in vain. Again, it, it, it's, you notice their words. They speak out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaketh, and they're full of cursings and, and all kinds of blasphemy. And, I, and I'm telling you, you say, well, I don't ever meet any of these people like that. Well, if you take a stand enough for Jesus, you'll meet them. I assure you of that. I assure you of that. I have, I, and, I can't, and I'm not saying any of this. I, don't take me the wrong way. But in, in, my, in my years of ministry, I have knocked on enough doors to have met several of these kind of people. I had a guy meet me at the door over in Paris with a, with a, with a Phillips screwdriver in his hand, just like this right here. He said, what are you doing on my porch? I said, man, I'll just come by here to invite you to church. He said, I thought they'd done away with that 100 years ago. I mean, he was just crazy and mad. I think the guy was making meth, to be honest with you. He had a camera pointed down from his front door. But, I mean, he was he was hollering and screaming at me, and I mean, he was threatening my life. I, I mean, I've had my life threatened more than once. And, it's, I mean, listen, I, I've been on the street corner preaching, just preaching the love of God. And, I mean, you have people drive by to shoot you the finger and screaming at you. I had a friend of mine was on... Family video parking lot up there, and he's just preaching just like I was. And the guy, truckload of gas pull up, they're going to whoop him. Why? Because he's preaching the word. What's that going to bother anybody? Why should that bother anybody? There's power in it. That's why. Satan wants it stopped. <clears throat> but you take a stand, you'll meet these people. Number four, notice their wiles. You know, the Bible warns about the wiles of the devil. Verse 5 says, the proud have hid a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins for me. So he said they've, they've, set, they've hit a snare. I think we know what a snare is. Snare is a trap. And he said in cords. Now those cords, I don't know if you've ever watched any survival shows where they're hungry and they're trying to catch a rat or anything They'll make a little noose out of some kind of straw, I mean, uh, some kind of vine, and put it where an animal's going through, and that animal catches his neck, and it'll cinch him up there. That's what he's talking about. They got a noose ready to catch me when I try to pass through on my way. They've got a trap set for me. They have, they have made, he said, he said they've spread a net. In other words, they got a net out there they're ready to throw. When they see, they can take advantage of me. And then he said they've set gins for me. Well, that word gins, all I know is it's a cotton gin. But a gin here, it refers to a baited trap. A baited trap. You know, I think about, I used to watch Swamp People all the time. That's one of my favorite shows. If I have a favorite show, I like, I like to watch them, Troy Lander and all them. You know, I always wish I would get out in a boat with them. It looked like fun. But, but you know, they, they hang that chicken up there, that old right stinking chicken. They're hanging on that big old, big old sharp hook. And that alligator swimming along, man, he smells the best thing he ever smelled in his life, old rotten chicken. 
And it's like, man, somebody just hanging that, hanging that. Look at that. Just, somebody just left that for me, but there's a hook in it. He takes that bait. He's there. He's twisting on the line. That's the way the devil likes to do you, too. They love to they love to bait you, and I notice I, I see this I see this on when any time you've got a, somebody uh, from a liberal news organization interviewing a, a Christian, especially, they will try to trick them up and, and trip them in their own words. They'll try their best to to ask them an honest question, and when they give them an honest question, they take that and they throw it back at them. They bait them by asking them questions that if, they, if you answer it truthfully from your heart, they can use against you. I, I remember, they either do that or they just twist your words or or they just tell part of what you said. I remember seeing that happen down at a church I was at in Longview. Uh, they had an incident there in the church, and they came in, the news team came in, interviewed the pastor, and he was very open and honest and, and you know, said, you know, this, this man in our church did this, but we're trying to cooperate fully with the law enforcement. We want to do everything just right, and, and you know, we want to make sure the community that we're doing everything we can. They only took a little snippet of what he said. And it was all said and done, they acted like he didn't care at all what happened in the church. And they shot the they shot the, the video. The video was filmed. The reporter, the cameraman was down in a ditch across the road filming like it was a compound in Waco. This is Baptist Church on the loop in Longview. They'll do whatever they can to try to destroy somebody who's trying to serve God. Why? Because they hate our guts. They want to put words in a Christian's mouth that they didn't say. Verse 8, he said, Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Don't let them do it. Further not his wicked device. Again, David's warning against the evil speakers of his day. In verse 3, he said, They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is in their lips. He calls them adders. That's one of the most dangerous snakes in the world. Poisonous serpents. Well, didn't Satan appear to Adam and Eve as a servant? Speaking lies? Genesis 3, 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Just questioning God, trying to change God's word, trying to twist, trying to turn things around. That's what he does. Telling you right now, you have to you have to be careful of his wiles. The Bible tells us we're not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of how he does things. We'd be warned against the wiles of the devil. I mean, listen. If somebody compares you to a snake. That's not a good compliment, is it? <laughs> well, Matthew twenty three thirty three. Listen to what Jesus said to the Pharisees, describe the Pharisees. He said, "You serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell?" wasn't very nice what Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and scribes. Listen to what the Bible calls the devil in Revelation, Revelation 22. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years. He's a serpent, and his words are poison. And his followers are spewing the same poison that he's spewing. Psalm 58, 1 through 5. Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? 
Yea, in heart you work wickedness. You weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb, and they go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. That's those that ain't never going to trust Christ. They don't want Christ. They absolutely, their whole life, God knows they ain't never going to get saved. He's saying they go forth from the womb, speaking lies. They follow in their father, the devil. He said their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stops at the ear, which will not hearken to the voice of the charmers, charming never so wisely. The long and short of it is simple. Political, political correctness is poison, and it's all through our society. It's everywhere. It's dangerous, it's detrimental, and it's deadly. It's being pushed in public schools all across our country. It's being pushed in colleges all over our country. It fills the halls of our government in this country. It spews from social media and broadcast news, and it's strangling churches to death, and it's silencing believers. I got three thoughts, and I'm going to go last. Number one, it chokes the Word of God. I want you to listen to what the Bible says, because that's a hard thing to say. Because God's word is more powerful than any two-edged sword. Okay? I mean, his, his word is, is more powerful than anything. But I want you to listen to what Mark 4 says. Jesus is giving the parable of the sower. He said, And these are they which by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they've heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. And afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. That's, that's hard, to, hard to read and take in, that something could choke the word of God. But God says so. He says, people hear the word, but affliction or persecution arises. For the word's sake, because because I'm a believer and because I believe God's word says this, and you and the rest of the world say opposite, I'm going to stand with God. So affliction starts to take place in your life. Persecution takes place in your life. People don't like that you stand with God and won't stand with them and you disagree with them. Well, you, in this day's culture, you're just become their enemy. You have a different opinion than I do. And I'm right. You're wrong. That's what they'll say. Don't care what God's word says. God's word don't matter. If God's word mattered, they'd be in it. No. When that persecution arises because of the word's sake, and somebody says, "Hey, we don't like you believing what you believe. We don't want you hanging around us anymore. If you don't believe all that stuff, go to that church and read that Bible and all that." Well, I don't want you all to believe me. I don't want all my friends turning their back on me. I don't want my family not have anything to do with me anymore. Turn it back on God because they're afraid of offending people. The PC culture. And he said, in the cares of this world, caring about what everybody else thinks, right there is number one. 
Quit worrying about what anybody thinks but Jesus Christ. If you, if man's way please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's what it says in Proverbs. He said the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, people chasing after money, and won't money make people compromise? You know, if you're really going to make a lot of money, you're going to have to get along with a lot of people. You're going to have to compromise what you believe with a lot of people. And God says, you know, that, that makes people change what they believe because they want the money. And the lots of other things they go chasing after. It chokes the word so God's word cannot bear fruit in their life. I mean, we know how powerful the word of God is. I know how powerful it is. Even in my backslidden condition in my 20s, there were times when I witnessed the people and I and I... And I Probably brought shame on the Lord for the things I was doing in the middle of it. But you know, when it's in there, it's going to come out. But I'm going to tell you, it'll choke it. If you don't get out of the world, it'll choke it. It's that same poison that choked it for Eve. I mean, Eve, she believed God up to the time the devil suggested otherwise. When he said, Had God really, did he really say that? And then doubt crept in. Satan's got such a chokehold on so many people's lives. When they hear truth, they run from it. Because they don't want to get made by think, Well, they're associated with it because I don't want anybody to think I'm, I might believe that. Oh, man, somebody might have a bad thought toward me. I better, I better not. I don't want to associate. A lot of people live in that way today. Now, I'm not, and you're not, but there's a lot of people living that way today. I, there may be somebody watching on this little phone right here that's living that way. And if you are, you ought to get right with God. Listen, God's word is, it was, and it always will be politically incorrect. Amen? Amen. That's right. It's the most hated book in all of history. The most loved and the most hated in all of history. You know what? Nobody finds, nobody's just kind of neutral on the Bible. You either love it or you hate it. Amen? I take it or leave it. Nobody's like that. Amen? I said, number one, we need to be careful because it chokes the word of God. Number two, we need to be careful because it cramps the preaching of the Word of God. <clears throat> you know, most all the men that God used down through history were pretty politically incorrect. You think about it. I mean, you know, Joseph, he walked in there to Pharaoh and said, Hey, Pharaoh, I hate to tell you this, but there's going to be seven years there's going to be a famine in this land. You know, that was hard to go in and tell the Pharaoh, seven years, there ain't going to be nothing. It's going to be bad. I mean, that, that, it was not a good message to deliver, you know. I mean, it would have been easy to walk in there and say, oh, everything's fine, you know, going about your business. But you take Moses, for example. Moses, who was wanted for murder in, in Egypt, walked in and said to him, hey, let my people go. That was an unpopular message at the time. Elijah, he confronted Ahab and, the, and Jezebel. He stood against the 400 prophets of Baal. On Mount Carmel, you know, he had to run from Jezebel after it was over with. He was scared to death. I mean, listen, it wasn't very popular to stand. Think about Nathan. Nathan had to come in and tell David, hey, you're the man. You're the man that I'm talking about in this story about the little lamb. You're the guilty party. You're the one that cheated uh, with, uh, on, uh, with Bathsheba. You're the one. You're guilty. He had to tell him that. wasn't very popular. Daniel stood up to the king, told uh, King of Babylon, told him, "You know, I'm not going to eat what you want me to eat. I'm going to eat 
I'm going to eat something different now. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm not going to indulge myself in the, all the fancy meats of Babylon. I'm going to keep myself in a good condition for the Lord because this is his temple. John the Baptist died for pointing out Herod's and lost his head for it. Preaching truth has always been politically incorrect. Stephen was stoned to death because of it. And I'm going to tell you something. Political correctness, it don't happen in here because I can say anything I want to say in here and I know good and well y'all can handle it. But boy, I feel sorry for this. Some preachers in these big churches and they got church members they know that are liberal as the day is long and they're afraid and they're tongue-tied. They won't say nothing because they don't want to offend somebody. I'm going to tell you, it happens and the Word of God is hindered because of it. They won't preach like they should because they're afraid they're going to offend somebody. And number three, lastly, it corrupts the people of God. Political correctness corrupts the people of God because it's poison. You know, I made this coffee before I came to church. There's still quite a bit in here. And, you know, if you were to take just, just one little tiny speck of arsenic and put in there, you might say, that's not enough arsenic to really make you sick or kill you. I mean, it. you might be a little funny, but it, it's just the one drop. Poison it, right? I mean, if you, if 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 you, somebody stores your rat poison up in your pantry and it and it gets in some of your food, you're going to say, "Oh, it's okay. It's just a little poison. It won't hurt anything." Somebody spill a little Drano in your in your casserole, you're not going to just dig a little bit out of the corner and keep and serve it because there's poison in it, right? You're not going to eat it. Let's be honest. We got enough sense not to consume poison. Yet people allow it into their life. They allow this political correct, political correct poison into their lives. And then once you add any poison, you've corrupted that thing. First Timothy chapter six, three through five. Paul said, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, so they're teaching something that is unwholesome, they don't agree with what the word of God says. And they teach you something different. He said, if they teach you anything different, even even different than the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, if anybody preaches anything else, he said he is proud. He knows nothing but doting about questions and strifes of word, just wanting to debate and argue, whereas cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. To me, Paul just described many of the big wigs in the pulpits today who want to tickle people's ears and they want to make them feel as though they really got something when they didn't get anything. People have become accustomed to this watered-down, soft soap, well, ain't got enough gospel in, in it to get a chigger saved religion that ain't no count, it's worthless, and it's, it's so watered-down, Jesus ain't even in it anymore, and yet they fill auditoriums and huge stadiums to go and hear this absolute garbage. Well, how did we get here? You know how we got here? People got used to the taste of poison. That's how we got there. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I'm going to go back to it because God always brings it to my mind. 
the night I went to the missions conference in Wiley, Texas, with my friend Leonard Johnson. And the lady stood up and she said, I want you to pray for this missionary family that just came off the field 24 years in Costa Rica. They've come back to the United States and, and they, they're, they're facing culture shock because it's just so different than it was when they left. And just want us to pray for all them that they'll get adjusted. And I just bit my tongue so hard and I wanted to stand up and scream, I pray to God we'd all get a case of culture shock. Pray to God we'd get convicted because our world is such a bad shape and we'd repent before God and beg him for mercy. Now, why? how did that little lady get to that point? She just took a little poison here and there. It seems, seems like we ought to just acclimate to the world we live in. Got to acclimate to the Word of God. Like I said, my fear is we've gotten used to the taste of poison in the Lord's churches today. And I'd say tonight to anybody in here, if God's convicted you of accepting or compromising with this ideology in some little way, even if it's a small way, repent and ask God to help you. Stand firm to the truth and don't bow down. I got people around me. I got people around me that are that are into things that I absolutely abhor, but I love those people, and I pray for them. And so, even though I love them, they have bad feelings toward me because they know where I stand. And I have to go on and just love them for Christ's sake. But I can't back up on what I believe. And you have to learn how to straddle that line with people. You, I mean, you can't compromise what you believe, but at the same time, you don't just throw them away. you got to learn to love them, but you don't want to indulge their sin. You don't want you don't want to go along and placate it and act like and turn a blind eye and act as though it, 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 that it's not there. God give us wisdom to know how to talk to people and share with them the truth of God's word without coming across as if we are the end all be all of all truth and righteousness. It's not us; it's our Savior, and we need to share His love. We need to communicate His love, but we've got to do it in truth and righteousness. We can't be in. We can't. We can't. Give in, because once we begin to give in, we're giving in to Satan, because he's the one behind all of that. He's the serpent who would love to sink his teeth into every church in America and absolutely suck the life out of them. Pray for you, fellow Christians around this country. Pray for you, fellow Christians in Clarksville, Texas, and Red River County, because I'm telling you right now, Satan's gaining ground every day in this country. But people are just, they, they, they don't want to stand up anymore because it's its easier to just be quiet. Do you know that's how Hitler took over Germany? People just were quiet. I can't remember who it was. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I think is what he said, and I can't quote this correctly. But he was a pastor over there, and he said, you know, you know, at first they came for the, they came for the uh, mentally handicapped, and I wasn't mentally handicapped, so I said nothing. And then they came for the the Jews, but I wasn't a Jew, so I said nothing. And then they came for this group, and I wasn't that, so I said nothing. And then they came for the Christians. And there wasn't anybody left to say anything. And I'm going to tell you right now, if we don't stand up against this evil in America, and I know you and I can't change everything, but you and I can change something. And if all of us have changed something, we'll do more good than we do if we don't say anything. Let's stand together. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.